Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. And for the first time here in Sydney. Sydney! We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here tonight to help you you be the best fucking G you can be. So thank you for coming! Now... Just before we start, I am supposed to introduce our host tonight, but I did have an announcement to make. Unfortunately, because Tom is here, we have had to reinforce lockout laws. (laughs) (laughs) So, Thomas Jaspers, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you so much. (laughs) Up next, uh, much like Sydney's tram system, he's a little bit slow. (laughs) Quite broken, and nobody wants to ride him. It's Kyle Dowser. And what a treat from New Zealand tonight, the most beautiful, <laughs> talented person, Jacinta Arden. But we also have oh. Mikey. <laughs> like, <laughs> you little bitch. <laughs> and lastly, he loves the Sydney gays so much that he has decided to move here. Luke. <laughs> Ooh. You guys are welcome. Yes, welcome. So before we kick off tonight, we would like to acknowledge the Indigenous custodians of this land, past and present. Um, we acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and the contributions they make to the life of this city and this region. That's right. We'd also like to acknowledge the queer elders that fought and died for the rights that we have today uh, and for things like Mardi Gras to be able to happen. It's fucking yes. amazing. And for us to be able to gather at evenings like this, which is also gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, just to let you know, uh, very exciting. We're going to be joined by a special guest later in the night, uh, Sultan, who is a, a Saudi man who sought asylum uh, with his partner here in Australia. And uh, I, I, you probably have heard some of their stories in the, in the news, but um, 
I'm incredibly excited and to be quite honest, a little bit nervous to uh, have a chat about that. So we'll, we'll have that later in the show. Uh, also, at the very end of the night, we will have a Q&A. So if you have any burning yes. questions, I will be seek medical oh, advice, but also uh, try and think of them and save those in your memory yes. for, for later in the night when we do the Q&A. And also, please go ahead, take photos, videos throughout the night. Uh, I just ask if you could tag at Gays Revolting Pod. I have a court case I'm currently trying to prove <laughs> that I am here tonight. So if you could tag Luke's like an ant as well, that'll come in handy. You may get a subpoena later, yeah. but thank you guys. <laughs> and I just want to say a really big thank you to Giant Door for having us this yes. evening. Please give him a round of applause. <laughs> what a venue. Stunning. And now we... It's, I think it's actually been the yeah. longest we've ever break we've ever had since the last time we actually sat down and recorded. Yes. Because People hate yeah. it. I know, we got in trouble. People hate it. Uh, because uh, we, we were supposed to do one after the Melbourne show, but our producer was yeah. unwell, and so all this stuff happened. So I'm sorry it's been a bit of a break. So the last time we sat down and did this was the Melbourne live recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it? Oh, my yeah, God. Yes. Uh, and obviously Sydney's better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You can't no, no, say no, no, that no, no. while we're here. Love, 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 love. But we haven't caught up. What's news? What's no. been happening? What's, what's oh. I've got to really... I'm currently, because I don't know how much time I have left, mm -hmm. I've decided... 60 seconds. <laughs> about a couple That's hours. It, I've decided yeah. to squeeze my entire year into now. Right. So oh. dry July, Movember, Oktoberfest, No Nut November. It's all <laughs> happening... Right. Right now. Wow. What a fun time. Right, yeah. I, I have just a tell us about how you haven't slept for three days and have been on a lot of MDMA. I don't know if that's <laughs> 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 it. It's been fun, but nice. people were so mad at me. This show, mm -hmm. if I don't do the show for two weeks, I'm a fucking nightmare. No, you're a nightmare. No, all the no, time. we can vouch. <laughs> <laughs> like all the time. People are like, can't you go time. in the room and talk for 40 minutes and, and, yeah. and get it out there? Yeah. It's yeah. a nightmare to deal with Oh, I see. It's like therapy for you. What's new with you, Tom? Uh, I have I have exciting news. Oh. Oh. For the first time in seven years, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> he's uh, he's very handsome, and yes. he's a doctor, and he is my handsome doctor boyfriend. And he is. And he literally cannot describe him without saying doctor in front. Yeah, of no, no it's I, always doctor boyfriend. Text people like verbally. a lot of my friends yeah. don't. So we've been together for a couple of months. I didn't want to say anything on podcast, you know, weird. If I, yeah. yeah, but I'm like, okay, we're at the point now. It. I can say <laughs> it now. But my a lot of my friends don't even know his name. They're just like, how's doctor boyfriend? <laughs> is he here? No, no, no he's he's. he's Saving people's well, mental I've health. Got a surprise. Really beneficial. You're dating a doctor. Tom, I've got I, well, a surprise he's also for you backstage. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Well, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he's he's not here because he's in Melbourne, um, just saving people's Ooh, lives. Yeah. How stuff. did you meet? Yeah. How did how did you he meet? He works Mr. in doctor. mental health you as well, which is very good for me. No, I, well, no, well, I should be getting a checkup, but I yeah. wasn't. He. Uh, he was. Uh, we met at um, a really a lovely little venue in Melbourne. I don't know if you guys have been to Melbourne before. It's a gorgeous little cocktail bar um, called the Peel. Um, <laughs> Look, I thought you were going to say wet. So <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! No, no, we did go to wet later, but no. we, we. I don't know for the people that listen. You know, I fractured my shoulder. I'm actually technically still have a fractured shoulder, and I'm supposed to be wearing a sling. But we got so fucked up two weeks he ago ended that up I, in a sling. I lost my sling. Yeah. <laughs> He's so drinking whatever. through the pain. Oh, You're yeah. drinking but, uh, through the no, pain. But no, we met. We met at the peel. I was making out with this guy, and you know <laughs> when you are sort of just a bit high, and you're like, mm. it's how all great uh, love stories start. High, hot, you ones. know, like there's a different scoring system when you're a little bit high. 
So I was making out with this guy and I was like, well, you're high hot. And this other guy sort of came up to me and was like, mm. so I started making out with him for like an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, this, this guy's kind of hot. Like, I don't want to, you know, marry him, but uh, he's kind of hot. So making out with him for about an hour and a half. And he was like, do you want to go back to my place? I was like, yeah, sure. And he said, oh, well, let me just introduce my friends and say goodbye to them. And so then I met this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> so surprising Who was one of you. that guy's friends who, who, was, uh, who was hot doctor boyfriend. Yeah, yes. And uh, He does have a name, by the way, guys. Yeah, I know. He yeah. does have uh, a I name. Know. Do you know his name? <laughs> no, that's oh. actually really awkward. I don't know his oh. name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he we went back to his place. And that's the night that he fucked me. Because so, I've rediscovered bottoming in uh. the last... Uh, it's <laughs> oh, it's also, so like good. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of... You're clapping here down the front. In fact, you're in a row. You're the only person in a row of people in rugby uniforms that's not wearing a rugby uniform. Ah. <laughs> oh, sorry. What was that? Footy uniforms. You're the. I reckon you must be bottoming a lot if you're. Hanging <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, he said, "Do you know the around. lazy Susans?" Yes. Okay. Yeah. We need to leave that alone. That was my nickname in <laughs> high school. Yeah. <laughs> Has anything happened to you, anyway. Mikey, in the last little while? Oh, not a lot, really. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Just nothing. <laughs> well, I've been going back we... out to drag shows recently, which has been Good. really nice. Yes. I like yeah. the nails today. Yeah. Oh, thank right. you. Look how big his nails done. are. <laughs> Very big. Um, no, went to Molly's the other night and saw Missy LeMinx performing. She was reading the fuck out of everybody. Yes. And I was sitting there in anticipation, like, please don't come near me. I'm terrified. And then gave us a lovely shout out. So That's no, great. Oh, good. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, 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 the baby drag? Baby drag Is there a, a, an equivalent night it's here in Sydney of baby drag? It's sort of a night where people that aren't experienced... What's it called? Drag for dollars. Where do they do that? Just one. One dollar? One dollar. Yeah. A dollar? Australian dollars or... Kiwi. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Where is that on it? Ark. Oh. <laughs> no, I. Oh. Sorry. I <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway. I only say that. A few years ago, I was at Mardi Gras and I went to. I was having drinks with friends and we went and they were like, "Let's go to Ark." So we went there and it was the underwear party and I didn't know, so I stripped down to my undies, spent half an hour there. Was like, "This is not the party for me." And then when I left, they'd lost my bag oh. and uh, no. I walked home in the bar manager's <laughs> gym shorts and a. Okay. Promotional arc singlet, so that's blah, why blah, I don't like it. Same as uh, like Thomas story. Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get on with our topics. These people paid money. I love it. Love I you. Just, I just want to say something. Kyle gets sassy when we go interstate. Yeah, I know. Kyle gets. You guys can. <laughs> I know, Kyle. I didn't know you had so much performing experience. What oh. was your solo show? <laughs> Yo, yo, yo! Don't know, but we get a lot of messages saying like, "I really l relate to Kyle. <laughs> he's he's like the sweet, nice one. It's an introduction yeah. for me like into the gay going. world." Then we go interstate, and he's like a fucking gremlin. I will kill yeah. you. He will oh come God. for you. <laughs> okay. I'll throw ammo on him, and he's ooh. <laughs> Please don't throw ammo on me. Um, okay, yes. Um, Topics. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> I'm trying to keep things under control here. Okay? <laughs> so topic one is me yes. uh, addressing my problem with Kyle tonight. Uh. No. <laughs> I hope, buckle in, everybody. No, I wanted uh. to talk about something. It's an age-old question in our community. Um, I, I'm sure we've all thought about this with our friends and our brothers and sisters. Is there a wrong way to come out of the closet? Oh. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. So, end of the topic. We're Before done. Before you ask yourself. 
I came out by passing out in the bathroom of a gay karaoke bar. Oh, yeah. and having to Is that when your dad carried yeah. you out? Yeah, I had to call my dad. I was 16. Yeah. He thought I was in bed. Yeah, that's a bad oh, way. <laughs> and I said, I'm not... <laughs> I'm, I'm actually uh, currently pa- I did not And he yet. said Just let me finish this number I'll get off the stage Come yeah, pick yeah. you up <laughs> just, I'm, I'm kind of busy Luke yeah. I said I'm actually Passing out in a bathroom And I don't know What universe I'm in right now And it's a gay bar And I'm very sorry dad He came and carried yeah. me out But uh, What I wanted to talk about Is something that We may have seen on Twitter And the news recently There has been a little uh, a Twitter Twitter uh, Kind Hero. of conundrums mm. about um, a recent announcement that Jamila Jamil, uh, one of the stars of The Good Place, a very ah, good yes. very good TV show. Um, now, HBO announced that she would actually be a judge on a new reality yeah. TV show. I love me some reality TV. And they also mispronounced that she was going to be emceeing as well. Oh, everyone was like, what the fuck? What, like, what are you talking fuck? about? And so this reality yeah. TV show is called Legendary, and it covers it's it's a competition about the ballroom scene or ballroom culture. Does that who's seen Paris is Burning or, or Pose? Yeah, we should probably specify the difference yeah, yeah. between the the ballroom scene of this and like the strictly ballroom scene. It's very yes, yeah. not strictly it's Paris Lerman. Yeah. We're talking Paris <laughs> is Burning for the straight people. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Good enough. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and there was a lot of backlash to this announcement. Mm. Despite Jamila being a woman of colour, and she's quite yeah. outspoken on Twitter, she's launched a lot of campaigns about body positivity, mm-hmm. uh, sort of celebrities. She's, her number one target is the, the Ks, the Kardashians, yes. for oh. some diet pills. She's very outspoken. But people still thought, uh, yeah. is this the right fit for someone to judge a queer dancing yeah. ballroom show? Has she been on like anything like gay or queer related any time before this? The Good Place is pretty gay. Okay, (laughs) I like I liked her in like the one episode I watched of it, but. But it, 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 it launched into this argument about whether mm. we're gatekeeping our culture. Did you so say gatekeeping? Yeah. Gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. And, and, and is that the right thing to do in 2020? Yeah. We, we want equality. We want everyone to have the good stuff. Yeah. We want, I want everyone to come out wearing shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. This is what I wear to I, go shopping. Yeah. This is what I pick up the groceries in. That would but be a I, leg yeah, warmer does. on me, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, the gatekeeping is absolutely justified, in my opinion, in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. Because ballroom culture is something that was created by people that were marginalised, mm-hmm. even within our community. Yeah. They had to create that, and they had to be gatekeepers of it, because they weren't accepted anywhere else. Yeah. So for someone that they per- perceived to be a cis straight woman yeah. to be judging the show, you know, it was a bit of a no bueno. It, mm. it, it, it kind of it stung. Was, forgive me if I'm wrong, but there was also... All, it was sort of double-handed. It was the fact that people didn't know that she was queer, and but also the fact that um, she's South Asian and yeah. the, the ballroom New York scene was predominantly black and uh, Southern American oh, people. It was well. predominantly yeah. black yeah. and yeah. trans yeah. in New York mm. in the 80s is where this scene sort of culminated. So there was a weird disparity in there. Um, a number of like notable members of the trans community mm. s- stood out and said, hey... I actually applied for this role and yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it went to this person instead. Um, as in kind of retaliation to, to, to this backlash, Jamila actually came out 
as a queer woman. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, guys, it got real complicated, <laughs> real fucking yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, because is it anyone's place to say you're using your queerness as a defence? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or it, you know, uh, or to question someone's narrative as to... None, none of us chose... It just seemed no. like very convenient for her to come out at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, why come out when you use it? And that's the tea. Aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah, it I just think seemed very convenient. Mm, like, why... Yeah, but that's a very yeah. dangerous like, territory you're getting yeah. into because quite often a lot of us come out at the point when we don't, we finally don't yeah. have an option. Like, we spend so yeah. much... And obviously, this is on a mainstream scale in, on yeah. television and, and press releases and that sort of stuff. But individual coming out mm. stories for people not in that experience it is you went through school hiding it and making up excuses yeah. and things kept happening you're like oh I, 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 I was asleep I didn't know I was fucking him yeah. when I <laughs> called <laughs> for Tom when I rang my father at 3am from that drunken yeah. Yeah. bathroom yeah. that wasn't a cho- choice that no. wasn't the most convenient time no. <laughs> for me to come out and I'm sure he would have said something yeah. similar, like, I wish you picked a better time yeah. Yeah. other than 3 a.m. covered in vomit. I don't totally. So I whilst, I, whilst I see yeah. what you're saying in that, like, yeah. it, it seems opportune, it's like she's, she's also a, a, a person of colour, mm. a female, yeah. in her, I think, to get mid yeah, to, like, 30s. Like a in her 30s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's not an easy position to be in, no. in the television industry. Mm. So I kind of don't blame her for not coming out as queer uh, at that time. Mm. And, then, and, then having to, and then feeling like maybe that's the final straw that mm. she yeah. had to... Yeah. And there's a the thing, like, she cops a lot of backlash online, like, especially with her health. Like, there was a lot of... Like, people were saying, like, inconsistencies <laughs> with what she was saying. Instead of just, like, going and talking to her about it, everyone was just, like, blasting her online, like, you're a fucking liar. And so... Yeah, yeah. a lot of people were accusing her of having... I forget the name because it's very hard Munchausen. to pronounce. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, condition when, Yo like... Yo, guys, into Munchausen? Like I'm so obsessed with Munchausen. Really? I'd never heard of it until, like... <laughs> I've I always thought it'd be a really good drag name. <laughs> yeah, so Munchausen's by proxy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Munchausen's by proxy. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I have been trying to Munchausen by yeah. proxy these guys for oh fucking oh, ages. Yeah. You know, in, in, in my opinion, so she said in her statement, I hadn't come out earlier mm. because I wanted to avoid something. Her words, mm. performative bandwagon jumping, yeah. which mm. is something that's happening. And in my opinion, I know this isn't a, a, a very popular opinion, but it, it does remind me of JVN's coming out mm-hmm. as non-binary and positive a few, a few months ago in that it, it, it is a fundamentally commercially driven decision. No, no, it no, absolutely no. is. It legitimizes... Mm capitalistic no. and oppressive practices. Yes. People that go yes, into this. No, yes, no, no, yes. no, 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 no. You cannot yeah. say the JV. No, 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 no. People <laughs> you don't that, come for our JV. People that I, are, I will say People it. that are living with HIV or, or yeah. people that are queer that haven't come to terms with it before they enter the entertainment industry are not doing it to make money. They're doing it because they're scared shitless because they're already yeah. marginalised and treated like shit. Mm. And there was a book launch and a, ma- a makeup line that same week. I don't. I absolutely don't doubt that it was a difficult thing to do, but I, I think we are getting into a very uh, grey area. This whole and podcast is a grey area. It's very, very grey, and it's it. important to talk about 
Well, actually, here's a fact. Here's a tweet I, I, that I, she I, sent. Here's a fact. Yeah. Here's a tweet that she sent months before this whole controversy happened. Someone, just a random fan on mm-hmm. Twitter, said something along the lines of, I love you so much. The only way I could love you more is if you were queer. And she responded at the time, I'm, and I've got it quoted here, I'm on the spectrum, but I do lean more towards boys. I think yeah. most of us are on the spectrum, but we have been conditioned to believe that we have to pick a side. People fall in love with people. Happens all the time, and it's beautiful. That is the definition yeah. of queer. Yeah. That there, is n- there is not a better definition of what queer is. Mm-hmm. And, and no one noticed or cared at the time when she tweeted that tweet. Absolutely. No. So she was obviously open to the idea of it. But my issue with this whole situation is actually more about the fact that this is an incredibly cultural show. But if no. you want to start getting into arguing whether um, uh, a non-queer person or a person that hasn't come out yet as mm. queer, um, judging people, then... Again, stop fucking watching RuPaul's Drag Race because yeah. Michelle Visage has nothing to do with drag and should not be the be-all yeah. and end-all well, of drag. Well, this is the thing. We accept Carson and Ross as judges. And them as well, yeah. On RuPaul's mm. Drag Race because we see them as sort of placeholders for ourselves or, yeah. or like members outside the, the community. And I think the decision behind putting someone like Jamila as a judge was, oh, this can be an what's called an audience surrogate. Kind of yeah. like Kyle on our show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it, it it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here awake. Oh, God, uh, please. <laughs> Thanks. There we go. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I do think there's an interesting contrast because in the very same week, uh, Philip Schofield... Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it yeah. was like he was met with such like warm admiration. ITV yeah. presenter yeah. came out right. of, of their own volition, not within the middle of a turmoil yeah. and was met with a lot of positive feedback mm-hmm. from the, yeah, I think it's my watermelon. There's, like the, there's flies, flies everywhere. Oh. It's so bizarre. You're stinky. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I brought a watermelon. I have scurvy. I just need to eat it. It's prescription. Why Don't worry. Is there a watermelon? <laughs> uh, yes, it's prescription. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was met with a very different reaction. Yeah. But I think... So just, just to backtrack a little bit, Philip Schofield, can you fill everyone in for anyone? So this is someone who's been on British TV for a very long time. Yeah. And, is that guy that you always see popping up in your Facebook and it's yeah, like a little clip it's him and Holly no, and like they <laughs> yeah. joke all the time. Yeah. And, and also someone... And we've spoken to people on the show. We've interviewed mm. people who have... Uh, heterosexual relationships, married yeah. children, and then come out later in life, yeah, yeah. and was embraced by the queer community. But at the very same time, mm-hmm. we were sort of crucifying someone for coming out as queer. Yeah. And uh, I think the tricky area is is we have uh, we tend to question, I think, the validity mm. of coming out as queer, especially when people are in hetero presenting relationships yeah. at the time. Yeah. I think it's something. Uh, Bisexual people face all the, all, all the time if they come out when they happen to be dating someone of the opposite yeah. gender. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it is a woman of color. That's everyone's favorite sort of scapegoat to yes. take down. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that one person was met with adulation and the yeah. other, but the circumstances were so completely I don't like different. it when people come yeah. out as a defense like that. Like, I like no, it for better when no, no, I like it was a defense. defense. No, I don't just think it was like a defense. defense to me. No. Like, I think it was like not at all. it's like a Kevin no, this Spacey is this person's situation. Life. No. It's like a Kevin Spacey. How did you come out? How did you come out? Not like that. No. No. How did you come out? <laughs> huh? How did you come out? You just decided it was the right time. Earlier episode. You decided it was the right time for you. Yeah. Was there? Did you sort of feel like life was sort of catching up on you and you couldn't keep it a secret anymore? I don't know. I felt like she was clutching his drawers. No, answer my fucking question. No, can you just let me talk? I was like, I like it when celebrities come out, like when it's like on their terms and like they can say like a, like a speech or something mm-hmm. and be really like inspiring. Like, I don't think celebrities have 
like an obligation to come out like in any way to anyone. But I think like they do have the opportunity to do some like real good with it. Like um, there was Nikki tutorials quite recently, mm-hmm. which I uh, mentioned. Oh yeah, episode. yeah. And she was forcefully like she. Well, she was being she, blackmailed she came out, though. Yeah, like that's, there's a big and, difference. Like she there. got such a good reaction from yeah. that, and she did, really did well with it. Mm. So I don't like this idea of like coming under fire for something maybe you shouldn't be doing, and then being like, oh no no no, actually I'm queer, it's fine. Well, look, I think that <laughs> that is. Um, Let's look at the Ian Thorpe situation. Yeah. That's that was that was fairly similar kind of a thing, and people sort of met it, uh, embraced it because we know what a gay man is, and that mm. sort of goes back to the Philip Schofield thing. Society knows what a gay man is. Yeah. Uh, when a young, pretty woman who has had relationships <laughs> or is having a relationship <laughs> with a man, yeah, says I'm attracted to women. People sort of have this. Mm. Yeah. It's a phase, or <laughs> it's it's an excuse, or it's a defense. Yeah. No, you can still be. You can still be bisexual and be Absolutely. having a relationship with a man. You can be a, a bisexual woman that's having a relationship with a man and will never have sex with another woman again, but that doesn't mean you're not bisexual anymore. Yeah. And it's something that I think actually gay men in the room and actually probably a lot of lesbian women pay attention to. I, at school, w- had girlfriends and was having sex with girls and then I went through... Uh, and then I was bisexual and, and was having sex mm. with both and then was a gay man. And I've always framed that as, I thought I was straight, I thought I was bisexual, and now I know that I'm a gay man. Mm -hmm. And I've recently learned that's actually a really unhealthy way of framing it. I was Mm -hmm. straight, I was bisexual. This is not a passing through thing, and and, and people can go from one to the other and back again, and it's still completely valid. And so when we're sort of looking at this situation... uh, we're judging it because we because it's a woman who's in a relationship with a man and going, mm, yeah, you're saying that you like women, but yeah. mm. I, don't I don't know. I think we need like a council to decide. Like she needs to perform <laughs> the seven wonders. Like American that's actually Horror what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and we just decide. <laughs> Yo, guys, just wait yes. until the baboons okay. come out as queer. Oh, then we're oh, gonna have a real, <laughs> real <laughs> issue out oh, there. Terrifying. That's Goodness. gonna be a real wildfire <laughs> for our community. <laughs> They're that like got a, deep. That got deep. They're in deep. like a polyamorous relationship, yeah. those baboons. Oh, We're going to have baboons, a fucking yeah. shit show. Yeah. I saw that. I thought that's, that's what I'll probably look like the day after Mardi Gras. Oh, running around oh my God. Go home. Ah. <laughs> uh, didn't think the last topic was going to get as deep as it did. No. So then put the next topic on, which will probably get deep again. So I do apologise. <laughs> we do have some tonight. lighthearted stuff coming up. Bit of a trigger warning for this one. There will be some words used probably yes. that are slurs against people in our community and I mm-hmm. apologise for that. We'll try not to use them, but it might be easier to explain. We'll try not point at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. God. Uh, so um. I want to talk about the ANZ Mardi Gras campaign that's uh. been happening. Yes. Yeah. We've got That's a fan in the second <laughs> row. <laughs> <laughs> they work. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Thank you for the thank you for the home loan. Um, just to go recap for anyone that missed it on social media and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So uh, there was a bit of a survey that said that eighty percent of LGBTQIA plus Australians uh, received uh, aggressive homophobic slurs directed at them in the last twelve months. Most of them from Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. For so, uh, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, fuck you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, ANZ decided to create a, uh, what they called a, a love speech love campaign. Speech, yeah. So, as opposed to hate speech, a love speech campaign. 
Uh, they have done a lot of stuff mm. with Mardi Gras before. I think they did. They were the ones that did the the gay and Z gay TMs. Yes, I fucking oh, yeah. loved them. That was. That, I thought that was. That's the kind of branding I want. But this one did not go down as well as the gay TMs. No. <laughs> unfortunately. So there was a few different parts to the campaign. Uh, they the main part that has upset people was there was a video that was released and it featured uh, LGBTI Australians looking at a camera quite solemnly and repeating the slurs that they've heard over time. Uh, a lot of them were quite young people um, uh, and it was the response was incredibly triggering to say the least. Very quickly very as well. Very there was quickly, no, a lot like of the criticism right the is there was no um, trigger warning at the no. start of it, uh, which I think is a bit of an issue. Uh, the next thing they also released was a Hurt Blocker web what do you call it, a plug-in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was a thing you could put onto your, your web browser that would stop homophobic or transphobic yeah. or lesbianphobic and or biphobic words. And they it with like an emoji. Yeah, like rainbow yeah. emojis yeah. and lines and stuff. Which it made me sort of think, so hang on, is that going to block their own ads? Oh, because well, their whole ad that's, campaign Well, that's the thing. Oh, no, yeah. because like, it doesn't block video content whatsoever. Oh, it's right. just written word. Yeah, well, but this then is that blocks the thing. their next ad, which yes. was also the poster campaign. And the, the idea of the poster campaign was to replace... Mm-hmm words that traditionally are associated with certain mm-hmm. groups. So uh, w- one of the big posters that was shared online, and I think it was only released in Sydney, or the posters were only put up in Sydney, but it was like, trans people are so fabulous. And the idea was uh, to yeah. sort of... No, so no, well, no, that's not what no. it said. It was... Um, it said trans people are sick. Yeah, and then and it then waited a few seconds... Of being, being so, so fabulous. fabulous. Yeah. Oh, but there's also the visual posters that were posted up on on like yeah, on the like streets. Billboards yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Billboards. It, it's 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 like a lesbian just needs a good man, and there's like go. I was like, do they have a team of like dad writers yeah. Yeah. like writing oh. this? It's so cringe. Like I, I read it. So all the in, like, idea a basic of that. White not to, I'm not defending at all. Please, I'm just trying to explain yeah. it before we get stuck into it. The idea of that part of the campaign was to be like, oh, we're used to hearing this word. Let's rephrase the conversation about these people mm. in this way. That was the idea. Let's talk about how it went (laughs) swimmingly (laughs) swimmingly this is this is uh, anyone that's worked in marketing knows that when you do a marketing campaign there has to be a call to action Mm. there has to be some point to it and and the fundamental issue with this is the call to action in this campaign is let's stop using these words and start using positive words yeah but instead of showcasing the positive words yeah they actually just punched down on a bunch of minorities mm-hmm. and yeah. got them to repeat a lot of traumatic words without a trigger warning. So I was flicking through, 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 through my what is the the, 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 Twitter, the, the Twitter Instagram yeah, yeah. Thing. Oh, Twitter game. <laughs> <laughs> <Twitter thing. laughs> I was thing. Fl- oh, I was flicking through my TikToks the other day, <laughs> y'all. Uh, I was flicking through my Twitter and I just stopped for a second. For your second. only fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In between my porn viewing. <laughs> Jay Fisher, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just checking what my friend was up to. anything. So I was just scrolling through and it actually stopped on that trans people were yeah. sick okay, gif. Yeah. And I went, what the fuck is this? It's pretty triggering. I don't know how they do it, but the subtitles pop up if you haven't clicked on it. You know, you can see it and you will just see mm. faggot yeah. yeah pop up Ugh. on your phone i yeah. hate to use the w- i'm definitely th- triggered the f word mm. i hate it i can't even handle like the surname fogarty like it's, no. it's i can't it's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> oh he's <laughs> nothing what oh. horrible i hate that word yeah don't say it a and z a and z and so yeah it's a hard thing yeah. i think yeah. fundamentally the call to action was <laughs> fucked up on this it should have yeah. been the other way around the word yeah. should have not been yeah. in there Instead, there should have been a number of 
members of the queer community explaining what words are positive and reinforcing yeah. for one another yeah. to lift each other up because it normalizes speech. Sorry to go on a bit of a rant here, but something no. that a lot of straight people have asked me, you know, day to day mm. is why don't, what, like it's so simple, they mm. say, why don't y'all just reclaim that word? Uh. Why don't y'all <laughs> just make it your own and yeah. so it doesn't yeah. work anymore? Well, and, we and are, but we don't want it used by banks to... to well, the issue not. is we can't reclaim it because banks still think it's okay for it to be broadcast yeah. on Twitter. People legitimately still think it's okay to use these words in mainstream media. And I yes. sent y'all a sticker. Oh, my God. I yes. sent y'all... <laughs> let, let me... Sorry. Oh, yeah, that like, thing you sent the other day. Look at this. This was at... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Audio... This was at my tram stop in a very uh, mm -hmm. queer-friendly community. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. fucked up. This is in between uh, uh, the 86 and, 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 and Circuit, the two gay bars yeah. that I, I frequently kicked out of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just at the tram stop, someone had put a sticker there that said, Cure AIDS, kick a poofta to death. Um, so I'm sorry that's shocking but it shocked me and I had to yeah. rip like these I ripped it off stuck around all over Melbourne the other and day, yeah. these yeah. were stuck around tram stops and the thing is this language is still prevalent it's still prevalent it. and it's somewhat socially acceptable to use it mm -hmm. it's very hard to reclaim a slur mm. and turn it into something positive which is what ANZ failed to, yeah. to sort yeah. of pick Do up you know on I, when yeah. people were still being uh, sort of affected by it on a daily basis basis yeah that's it and, yeah. and, and so you I still hear kids saying now like oh that's so gay i literally yeah. heard that like three days yeah. ago on the tram I'm i like, literally seriously? like oh like i was i'd finished work the other day and i was walking to my tram stop just the same one i go to every bloody day and i just had my headphones and i was watching something and then all of a sudden i saw this person like yelling and i was just like what the fuck is this person saying and they were staring directly at me and all of a sudden all i hear is faggot Oh, Jesus. Like screaming so loud that everyone around me, I looked up and they're all staring at me and I was just like, fuck, this takes me back to when I was in high school yeah. and someone would say that to me. Mm -hmm. And all I thought was like, please, please don't get on my fucking tram. Like just don't. And I was just like sitting on there just like petrified. Yeah. And like I called Josh and I was just like, I don't know what to do right now. Like this is ridiculous. And then watching the fucking ANZ ad, I was just like, mm. are you kidding? You probably like, saw it on the same day or the yeah, same week. Like, and, and and that's why this language can't be thrown around. It, it, it was interesting because within the same week, yeah. the, the AFP, the Australian Federal Police, released a very similar video um, where they read mean tweets. Mm -hmm which also included a number yeah. of slurs and hate speech. Uh, and, and their action was much quicker. They took it down probably within a day. Yeah. They were like, I'm really, we're really sorry. To, like, that was inappropriate to yeah. allow that speech any sort of space. Yeah. Even yeah. if it is from members of our community, you don't know the context of people uh, uh, consuming it mm -hmm. or being exposed to it. it it's different from, from Jimmy Kimmel where... Taylor Swift goes, someone called me fat on Instagram and mm -hmm. we all laugh because these people are minorities. We're all minorities. Yeah. We're, we're not... Like, we're I get what they're, like they're, like, what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, start a conversation with shock value. Yes. I think they definitely could have done it way. in a better way. Yeah. And, and, I guess and, I'm happy that yeah. as well, like, it could have been done in a lot worse way. Like, we're, like yeah. in the advert, it wasn't people, like, screaming this, like, yeah. at someone. It was coming from our community mm -hmm. and they were paid for it which was also nice I, I guess th yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the important thing is I, I don't think anyone's angry at the people that were reading yeah, no, it no, no. No. Um, I think um, 
controversial thought, mm-hmm. but you as liked far as it. Ad- <laughs> advertise, advertising goes and, and the, the goal of the campaign, it's actually technically a good campaign in mm. that it, it gives you the emotions that you're supposed yeah. to feel when you watch it. Yeah. As the incredible Nick Hollis pointed out, though, which, mm. is, which is the thing that I'm most angry about this ad, mm. is that it's being promoted to queer people who are attending Mardi Gras. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you've seen that ad, then you've probably liked Mardi Gras on Facebook, mm-hmm. you probably live in Sydney, or you probably have been to a gay bar in Australia or something like that. They've, they've, it's not, they're not putting this on television. No. They're not sending it to the people that actually need to downer. hear it. And as Nick pointed out, which transphobes are attending Mardi Gras that you're yeah. showing yeah, this ad to, it. you know? This ad should be shown, and no offence, front row, but this ad should be shown yeah. in the grand final of the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You people have probably yeah. dealt with... I think... With the, you, you probably have dealt with, mm. with that kind of behaviour mm. from certain parts of the community, but they've, they've specifically targeted to our community yeah. because what they're trying to show you is not actually let's teach a lesson, it's mm. let's show the people that might give us money that it looks like it's we're teaching a lesson. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? I, yeah. Like it's not a surprise to us that those words exist. No, we, we, and, and we don't want to hear like them. Seeing those young queer people with that, and they were, they looked emotional, yeah. they looked, and mm. they probably were. It was probably a very traumatic experience for them to feel that. If those sort of middle Australians that aren't really connected to this community saw that ad, yeah. it actually might have the desired mm. effect that the ad had. Mm. But don't fucking show yeah. us. We know. If it was used in the right <laughs> yeah. way, I think, because like, Mardi Gras, like, it, you get so many good advert campaigns and stuff, and they're all, like, kind of uplifting and happy. And I like those mm. ones that are called, like, gladverts. Yeah. Like, a lot happy and, yeah. Gladverts. <laughs> and, like, they'll, like, hit you in the well, feels, and it's, like, a nice feeling. And you, yeah. you want to celebrate because it's yeah. a time of celebration. So you don't want to feel mm. this, like, really negative down feeling. Yeah. Also, I, yeah. the, the Hurt Locker app, I was like, yeah. I don't, yeah, don't it's love it. Like, I feel like it's just yeah. putting a rainbow band-aid yeah. over yeah. some horrible things. Like, you can't keep silencing something until it goes away. Yeah. Ask my hex debt. But, um, yeah, it's like... <laughs> Did you just do a bit? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. He'd been working on that I'm for so weeks. I'm so proud. Guy, Baby did her first bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Like, you have to take everything with a pinch of salt coming from a bank. I mean, it would be much nicer. Yeah. It, yeah, it, and it also goes yeah. into the whole... And this is a big conversation for the, for, of the last five to six years mm-hmm. that we've been having in the queer community about corporate sponsorship. Are we going to go yeah. there? Yeah. Well, we are going to go there, but <laughs> yes, we are. Go and, there. and look, my opinion is, as I've said many times before, yeah. uh, the people before us, f- when they, when they, the, the 78ers, when they were rounded up and their names were printed in the Sydney Morning Herald and they were arrested mm. and locked up, they got fired from their jobs for being a part of Mardi Gras. Yeah. So for some organisations, I think it's kind of fucking amazing that they're putting their name and their money towards supporting mm. this thing to happening. This, this whole festival would not happen, but especially tomorrow night would not happen if there mm. was not corporate sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics of how Mardi Gras runs. I know people that, that work on the Melbourne Pride Parade, which is tiny compared to the Sydney Mardi Gras parade, but the only funding they get from the government entirely goes on just closing the streets. So everything else that they pay for has to be done from uh, from corporate sponsorship. Yeah. Now, having said that, we need to look at who we're taking corporate sponsorship from. Uh, and, if, and if it is a, a, one of the four big banks that is, you know, um, contributing to, to uh, detention centres or is donating money fossil to right-wing... Or fossil yeah. fuels yeah. or right-wing political parties, then no, they should not be allowed to uh, give their money. Having said that, 
ANZ, I don't think should be allowed to be putting their money towards big campaigns or, or put their labels on, on Mardi Gras. Yeah. But I do think it's great that they do run an internal, uh, I think they call it their Pride Network, mm-hmm. okay. um, which is a new thing that's happening in a lot of big organisations. And I think regardless of how evil the company is, a Pride It's still network, visibility, yeah. It's not even about visibility. It's making sure that staff feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. there's also other commercial campaigns. So there was the Bonds campaign that came out. Um, oh, yeah, they're using drag Now, that one is about that. making money. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's about making money. But there is a side part to it, which is that we are seeing queer people that aren't the traditional mm. underwear model. Mm. We've, we've got yeah. some bears in there. We've got trans people who, who do not see them bodies like their own in mm. underwear campaigns. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of body dysmorphia in the LGBTI community. So for people of the community be, to be able to see these billboards and these social media campaigns of people in, the, in undies selling un- underwear yeah. I'm kind of also okay with that as well absolutely yeah it's, um, a, it's a tricky one because I was talking to someone the other night about sort of sponsorship and mm-hmm. do, do you guys remember when 7-Eleven was selling like gay sandwiches what? and, and well, now well, rainbow cheese L- toasties no it's like a gay GBT L gay B like it was bad it was bad and Smith's has like Rainbow chips you can buy oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They, you can buy like Pride flavored rainbow Smiths. literally anything. It smell yeah. like ammo and There's Tom's no money going for <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a really like gay bank? We could like just, just trust, a super gay like Bank, bank. of Queens, <laughs> like with a K. Yeah, <laughs> I just really say, cute cards and be. If, <laughs> if you're funding fossil fuels and liberal party oh. members that yeah, discriminate yeah. against us, you can't sponsor. Uh. I'm sorry to say it. The, the, yeah. Mm. I, 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 I don't dig it. Okay. Especially... It's over. I'm, I'm sorry. I also <laughs> Next topic. I, I know they've already played it, but did you see that the, a few years ago, Mardi Gras actually declined to do a sponsorship and a partnership with Sexpo because they didn't want to tarnish the family-friendly brand oh. of Mardi <laughs> Gras off. and the over-fetishization of the gay community, yeah. and they thought that that was inappropriate. But to take sponsorship from a ANZ, bank yeah. from yeah, ANZ, yeah. I think, you know, we got we we, we have to hold certain decisions mm. accountable, yes. mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the job of that's the idea of having a Mardi Gras board, mm. and and every other festival that exists, your responsibility is to make sure that you are taking money from uh, organisations that aligns with our community. Absolutely, I just wanted to fit that in, yeah. and um, yeah. mm. you said that to me before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also misplaced a couple baboons. So if anyone's <laughs> seen those, anyway, our next topic is a bit of a lighter topic. Um, weirdly, I'm doing the sexy topic, <laughs> but um, tonight we're going to be do- yeah. <laughs> tonight, tonight we're going to be talking about role play, Woo! being gay and doing role play. <laughs> yeah. So we touched on the past on like pup play and leather play and domination and yeah. subs. Um, but yeah, like we've never servants. really kind of servants. servants. Yes, you had that story. I feel mm-hmm. like you have a lot of stories that's that kind of yeah. It's mostly forte. my story. It's your forte yeah. for sure. <laughs> Basically. Um, but yeah, like role play is like a big thing in mm. the queer community. It's a big thing and in, it, in sex. It's yeah. Just yeah. Sex I mean, I kind of always thought of it as kind of like a couple's like... Um, last resort of like fixing a relationship or something like like okay, picture like that's like right. in the movies and stuff and it's like oh this yeah. is like our oh, one last chance but like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's not actually always no. about like sexy maid outfits or like firemen and stuff yeah. like that um 
He's yeah. tickled. He's tickled. He's tickled. <laughs> it's happening. But um, there are many aspects of role play in our lives as queer people. Not always sexually, but a lot sexually. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, on, like honestly, like, we, we grow up playing a role our whole life. Like, we're playing the role of straight, like, in, like, pretending to be straight in front of these people. Um, My best role yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some very, of us not very yeah, well. Longest running role. <laughs> I never really got into role play where we were sort of doing characters because I've never really mm, yeah. dated anyone that was a good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just the bad yeah, ones. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was just made evident like, by... <laughs> gay should be like fucking phenomenal no, gay, like no, act role just, play. You know, like I with a the theatre background, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> give me a doctor, I'm going to give you fucking Dr. Quinn. <laughs> like, go for the Logie. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking... <laughs> Yes, he's going to comment on how that was an old people reference. You clearly yeah. have not seen Please Like Me. Oh. Um, <laughs> Ooh. But, but, yeah, I d- yeah, the, 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 the traditional version of, uh, yeah. of, of what I perceive is, is role play of like, oh, I'm going to be a dirty nurse yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm going to be Talk a nun dirty, and, yeah. and, and then the other seven guys in the room, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I Thank you for wearing the outfits I asked you to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, role play. I'll meet you in the dressing. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Thomas, eyes up here. <laughs> I just have to call my. We're being flashed by the front row. <laughs> <laughs> tell him that's Intermission. over. Uh, yes. No, but that's like the worst. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Yeah. When yes. you feel like so daggy, I feel like if I had to like be a doctor in a sexy way, I'd be mm. like, forget all the good parts. Like, have you had yeah. enough vitamin D? I'd just be like, How are you getting enough water? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I just sorry. Like I just you talking about sex makes my <laughs> thank you skin, skin go to goosebumps. I fucking I I love roleplay. Roleplay is you yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah. Secret okay. of Oh my god. Fucking love it. Yeah. Love it. Actually, being yeah. a gamer, like roleplay is such. I d- a I do a lot thing. of roleplay, like sexual roleplay too. I have to be really careful about it because as soon as I put on a costume. There's a very fine line between 13-year-old bo- boy with this body yeah. or, like, something sexy. Like, I have to be real careful about Tickets. my choices. Um, but you're right. Like, I'm constantly role-playing as, like, a functioning member of society. Yeah. Are you, are you though? And, and, and not very well. I'm not very well. <laughs> I'm one of the bad actors that Tom's dated. Uh. Um, but I remember once, yes, yeah. Kyle is right, our relationship yeah. was failing and it was a last-ditch attempt to save oh. it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know it struck a nerve. And next and I decided to do some role-play and I you was like, walked I'm, I'm going to get some high-vis shit. I'm going to okay. do... Like, shit. Oh, you go so costume. You're going to be a You go full costume. Full costume. I was yeah. like, I'm fixing, I'm fixing the gutter. Yeah. Okay. And, and oh, yeah. yeah, but he's just getting you... That's just like air tasker. Right? It, it, it had to be done anyway, yeah. 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 But I'm like, I'm going to fix the gutter and then mm. I'm going to spot you in the bedroom. We're going to do a little bit of dialogue and whatever. And, and, and then and you're going to go back to fixing the gutter. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it all went... It all went wrong very, very yeah. quickly. Okay. Because when you're doing role play, it sort of uh, it, it, it amps up the mm. roles that you're playing in terms yeah. of dominance and, and, and sub. And, and so uh, people sort of take sex a little bit further, I feel, when you're doing role mm. play or, yeah. or, or you're wearing high vis. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so I was a tradie, but I was also a sub. Like mm-hmm. a, a sub tradie, yeah, a sub tradie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like so, and and my ex at the time just went a bit hard, 
and and so I was in my high vis, mm-hmm. and he was fucking my face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and he was. Hang on a second. I just for the rest of this story, I just. Oh, hang on. <laughs> for the, for the listeners of anyone else at home, no. Thomas just did a hit of Amel on stage. Share it round, Thomas. He's passing share it, down. it round. Oh my god. Love it. Are we gonna get arrested for this? No. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not for this. I will not go to jail. It's fine. Again. There's no visuals on this show. It's all Thomas good. Thomas, Thomas, <laughs> come back to the stage. He's told off. Thomas, <laughs> he's like, no, no, bring it here. Oh, no. Bring it no, here. no, no, bring it to me. Tom, oh god, oh, goodness. Tom, Tom, don't peer pressure our audience members into yeah. taking ammo. Okay, sorry, wow. we just have to wait while the front row gets a hit of ammo. Uh, um, get your hit, get your hit. <laughs> oh god, one more, one more, get in all your right, seat. one more. <laughs> oh, Jess! I love you, Jess. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Oh. While you're up, I Continue. have heard. <laughs> this is why they didn't want us to have yeah. marriage equality, no. guys. This is guys, guys, this situation. Guys, this if exactly you could keep it down, we've actually had a few noise complaints. Yeah. That, that gag was seven dollars. So oh thank God. you for the love. I love it. <laughs> I, I was just wondering <laughs> why you were carrying a Safeway bag all around. Yeah, it was the secret. <laughs> all around. Sydney. And that's gorgeous. Sorry for the thank listeners at home. I just put on a policeman's uh, hat. Sorry, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me going home with ten NFL like players. Oh God. Uh, no, no, no. We were talking about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, sorry. Yes. So what happens yeah. in the first disc? I don't know if you guys have. No. So I was just so like it was fucking my face. <laughs> was going, so back yeah. to fucking the face. It was going too hard, and usually I'm okay with it, but it hit mm-hmm. that spot right at the back, and I threw up. Oh, goodness. That'll but do it. As most of you know, I have a lot of experience with throwing up, so I caught it in my mouth. Because oh. I know when I know how my body works. Don't shame me. Were you, <laughs> okay. were you still, like, cock deep, though? And I still had a dick still in my a mouth. Still dick in your mouth. Oh, All right. And so what we discovered <laughs> on that fateful roleplay evening... Vomit is evening, the best lube is vomit feels really good to fuck. <laughs> no! Get out. I don't oh, want to... Shame wow. me. Love it. Don't shame me. I don't want to do this with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do not shame me, guys. Oh. Give it a fucking go. <laughs> Why do we do this? Get it. <laughs> So, so anyway, role play, everybody. It was, yes, <laughs> role play. it was the most oh. successful blowjob I've ever given. That was a uh, successful. And you one? had dinner twice that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay, moving along. <laughs> and so my you really ex- stuffed yourself, didn't you? <laughs> well, my ex oh. came in my mouth. Yeah. And then I suddenly realised I had a mouthful of vomit and, and cum. cum. Yuck! Oh. And no. <laughs> Delicious. I'm so sorry to my people who are here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, happy Mikey. Anyway, Mikey, uh, roll play, go. No, 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 I'm not finished. No, 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 you're oh, finished. Right, finished. Right, come on. <laughs> it gets worse. Oh, how could yeah. it get worse? <laughs> Mikey, it go. It doesn't. I didn't have any way to yeah. do it, so I just like spit it. And I didn't want to wreck any of my uh. nice stuff, so I opened the window and I spat it out. And my neighbours oh, were God looking God. at me right across the window, <laughs> over the fence like Mr. Wilson from Home Can this Home be part of the Patreon and episode? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> our producer some reason we'd charge people all of that all of that the, 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 the lesson is is that you know don't date Luke <laughs> <laughs> which you all seem to know already so it's, it's fine oh, if you want a really good time <laughs> I think just to actually try and talk about the topic that we're supposed to talk about yeah um, oh that's rich <laughs> I'm sorry how long were you up giving people ammo <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> I love that I'm trying to support. I'm oh. trying to, you know, Sporting AFL is a team. Melbourne sport. I'm trying it's to. <laughs> I'm trying to breed AFL. <laughs> oh please. He gets anyway. confidence uh, when he goes into No, but into I do state. think. I yeah. do think. I think. I genuinely sorry to be serious for a se- half a second. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that there is a lot of role play in gay. And, and I can only speak on this on behalf of gay men because I am a gay man. But I probably assume a mm-hmm. lot of people in the queer spectrum. Use role play as a way of design of working out who they are and that sort yeah. of thing because yeah. we do. I mean, I role played some straight sex after I realized I wasn't attracted to women anymore, but still mm. went yeah. with it anyway. And then, even when I was first having sex with men, I was pretending like I knew what the fuck I was doing and I was fucking oh, scared totally. shitless. Oh. And there's sort of an element of role play there. I also think oh, there's an yeah. element. I've t- I, I don't know if I talked about it on the. Have I talked about the daddy, the guy that called me daddy? Yes, at the, <laughs> at, at the lives. Sh- was no, I did it in my solo show that was not recorded that... Oh, thank God. I might bring to <laughs> Sydney next year. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was dating this guy a few months ago and uh, he was really into calling me daddy and I was really into fucking him, so I let him mm-hmm. do it. And and then I cut it off because the night before Father's Day, he stayed over in the morning. He like I woke up and he rolled over and he's like, oh, happy Father's Day, daddy. No. Oh, stop. No. Oh. You'd be a terrible my, father. My father looks like George Costanza from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. And the thought, anyway. To be honest, but I, I apologise. There's, there's an element of... Oh, <laughs> I said sorry. <laughs> it was an element of role And even like, I mean, I fucking love saunas. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, we when know. we were working out the Airbnb that we're staying at tonight, I was like, well, I'm at Bodyline, so you guys work out yeah. your own accommodation, you know. Uh, but... There's an element I feel when I go to a sort of like when I'm in a social situation, mm. I'm very much like a chatty, like I want to know about you, I'll tell you about myself and whatever. But when I'm in a sauna, I sort of put on this persona of like, I'm a, I'm a oh, fuck yeah. god. You know? Totally, yeah. Fuck yeah. Sort of god. Walk yeah. around <laughs> being the fuck god. I, th- I think that's an element of role play. I think, um, I think sex in the LGBTQIA plus community mm. is a lot like a duck's vagina. It's, it's complex so? and it's <laughs> labyrinth. Um, because we are just better at it and we're more adventurous to we are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think yeah, the queer community is really into like switching it up with it's roles. It's so true, yeah. Really comfortable. Yeah. That I, I and we've already questioned something that we were told, like we were told that we were something yeah. and we questioned we're that. We're like, fuck you, we'll so be we're something So we're now else. good at sort of questioning yeah. what, what sex is mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right, actually. I really think we point. have a lot of these topics where we're like, why is this sex thing more prevalent yeah. in the gay community? Yeah. And why is this other sex thing mm. more prevalent in the gay community? The thing is, sex is just more prevalent, just more prevalent. in the gay yeah, community. Really, really we just have more so of it. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to have more yeah, of all right. the fun stuff. All about it. Yeah. Like role-playing. <laughs> if anyone wants to talk to me about fi- Final Fantasy later... Oh my god! Yeah. I used to always be girls in video games. Lisa, and then I men see out of the yeah, We're gonna have He's got the costumes in the back. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh, duh, duh. ready to pop the question. 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, tonight, we actually have an uh, amazing guest joining us. Um, it's a tough act to follow that, that yeah. section of the show there. Um, so we're joined by Sultan Jamal, a Saudi man who... Uh, fled his own country and its conservative stance on homosexuality in search of a free life and um, found himself within Australia's detention system. Yeah. So it's been a really wild ride and um, please welcome Sultan for, to the stage. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Sultan. Um, now, Sultan, you and your partner now call Australia home, which is amazing. Yes. Um, and you guys are on your way to getting your citizenship, which is fantastic. Hopefully. Um, and unfortunately, homosexuality still remains illegal in Saudi Arabia um, and is punishable by death as well. Um, so can you take us back to sort of the beginning and what it was like being gay in Saudi Arabia? Well, I mean, <coughs> I arrived in Saudi, I was 30 years old. So by that time... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, perfect. Is this better? Yeah, yeah much yeah, better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I told you, yeah, we are recording this. Yeah. Sydney. <laughs> All right. He's got so the prep in his step. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so um, I grew up in the states for the most part. You could probably hear it in my voice, well, my accent. So when I arrived in Saudi, I was 30 years old. I had grown up in San Francisco, so I was, you know, I expected there to be a difference. Um, but I've always been the kind of person that's always been in a relationship. So, right when I got there, I found myself a boyfriend. We were together for six months. That didn't work out very well. Um, and then I met uh, my boyfriend, Nassar, who's actually over there, and he's the other half of this. Hi, <laughs> so, um, I'm 47 now, and we met when I was 30, and he was 19. He chased me. Whoa. He chased me. Oh, that's oh, let's not let that pass. Sounds like a Luke story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for me, um, I didn't, there really wasn't much of a gay lifestyle in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I had the boyfriend, and, you know, we would escape to Bahrain. We would escape to London, to other countries. Well, maybe I shouldn't use escape considering the final escape. We used to run from Saudi and just kind of, like, go hit the bars in London and hit the bars in other places. So we didn't really have much of a gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I mean, there really isn't one in Saudi Arabia. I mean... There's none of this. There, never mind. Yeah, have, there is none of this. Well, there's a silver lining to Saudi Arabia. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys have a Tom over there? Oh. Do, you know do they want another? <laughs> no. In the beginning, I was like, "What's that little black bottle right there?" <laughs> and then I figured it out. You know, <laughs> when you guys all got high. <laughs> oh boy. 
but um, what was the other? I mean, look, in Saudi Arabia, the culture is very much you separate the men from the boys. Um, that's very much in, in practice. We have in the restaurants a family section with like men and wives and children, mm-hmm. and then you have the men section. Um, it's actually very easy to be gay in Saudi Arabia because there is that separation of the sexes. I mean, if I was trying to rent a hotel room with a woman, I'd get totally arrested by the time oh. we got upstairs. But right. it's so much easier to rent a re- hotel room with, with a guy All right, because nobody right. asks questions, you know. <laughs> no. They just think you're your best friends. And also with the separation... <laughs> it's true. That happens it's to me really all the time. And we are best yeah. friends. Best friends. But also with the separation of the sexes... Um, you don't get mixed schools, so boys are always with boys in school, and girls are always with girls in school. So the boys tend to play with the boys, and the girls tend to play with the girls, but it all happens very, very quietly. Nobody really talks about it. Everybody knows it's going on, but nobody really talks about it. Um, and also, our society is one where no one would dare call you gay or even ask you, are you gay? Mm-hmm. You know, you just people just assume that, you know, you're best friends and they never see you with women because you can't be with a woman mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia unless she's like your brother relative. I'll give you an example. My partner, I just got to remember not to use his real name. Oh. Look, we're all friends here, right? So yeah. I trust you all. Hello, if anybody's here from the Saudi this embassy. This will be recorded and released. So, we, uh-huh. yeah. This will be recorded and released online. Just no, I'm getting that. Yeah, just don't yeah. tweet hashtag Saudi because then they're <laughs> oh, going to yeah. find out. Okay? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't hashtag Saudi. No, seriously, please. <laughs> don't don't hashtag Saudi. So, <laughs> so um, the only fun times were like when we would check into a hotel somewhere in Saudi Arabia because we traveled a lot is when they ask you, do you want a single bed or, you know, do you want a single bed or do you want a couple of single beds and. I just always felt like I should just be dangerous. Like, no, we'll just have one big bed. We're really good friends. Really, yeah. really <laughs> good friends. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Saudi Arabia, people fool around. Boys play with the boys, girls play with the girls, but then you get married. And, you know, once you get married, you're expected to put that lifestyle behind you. Mm. You know, you're going to be the wonderful husband to your wife, and you're going to take care of your kids, and, you know, you just kind of forget about all that stuff. Um, well, with me growing up in the U.S., uh, that just was not an yeah. option. Um, I mean, my God, before we met, I was having so much gay sex over there. Grinder works over there, by the way. Yeah. It does. Right. The only thing is, you're worried that the person you're meeting, is he going to bring along five members of the religious yeah. police, at which oh, point nice. you're going to end up on the chopping block. Catfish. Yeah. Jeez. But that's happened. We had Entrapment. A, I have a South African friend of ours. Um, he's from South Africa, I just said. Me? And he was an English school teacher. <laughs> And he was in his 30s, and the poor guy had lived in Saudi for like five or six years. And then uh, he got on one of the apps, like Grindr or one of those, and he ended up hooking up with this 19-year-old Saudi student. Mm-hmm. Well, the Saudi student happened to be working for the religious police. And right when they got together mm-hmm. to meet, he ended up getting pounced on. And they didn't just take him to jail. No, they took mm-hmm. him back to his house. They went through his computers. They went through his personal stuff. They found his collection of gay porn. And they found videos he had shot with other Saudi young men, oh. and he ended up getting uh, sentenced to uh, two years in prison wow. uh, and 2,000 lashes. Jeez. So uh, you can imagine, I mean, it tore him apart. Um, yeah. But lashing, I mean, it's, it's just a horrible thing. I mean, you're trying to live your life. I mean, you're trying to have sex in an Islamic country, which is not the best of mm. ideas. But um, <laughs> I mean, for him, it just completely changed him. I mean, the way that he was before he went in and the way that he was afterwards, it was a horrible experience for him. Mm. So. Um, I mean, I don't know when the last time Saudi Arabia executed somebody for just being gay. Mm -hmm. I know the last 
batch of executions they did was uh, I think about 35 to 42 people, I'm not exactly sure. Um, five of those were gay, but they weren't executed because they were gay. They were executed for other stupid reasons, mm. but they just happened to be gay. So it's, executions do continue to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you understand no, why I you were like. I was, I was going to say I mean, there, you, it is also that there is often executions happening that, that are not publicized or not made known to everybody and that sort of thing is sort of oh, done yeah. quietly. Well, I mean, desert. up until a few years ago, public ex executions were done in public. Yeah. But uh, Saudi Arabia stopped that a few years ago with the new crown prince and with the new king. And also with the drive to create a tourism industry in Saudi Arabia, you just can't mm -hmm. be chopping people's heads off out in public. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, they stopped doing that. But unfortunately, the, the executions do continue. I mean, look, executions are on the rise right now. Mm -hmm. um, but they're also going to be start going down, I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, Saudi Arabia is really watching what it's doing now, especially after the murder of uh, the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, they're really trying to do what they can to improve their image. They've got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, and you've been in a relationship with your partner um, for 16, 16 yeah, whopping years? That's a long time. Years, yeah. How do you keep something like that a secret? Uh, well, his mom thought I was just his best friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how uh, I started too, but <laughs> not for 16 I mean, years. <laughs> <laughs> we, his mom just thought we were best friends until Was your the mother Kath Day nice? <laughs> 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 Dutch seawall, curry. Uh, yeah. His mom really was, uh, was just amazing. But I mean, one thing, I, I hate to say this, but um, one thing that was able to let us continue is that my my partner Nassar keeps saying I want to say his real name, but I'm <laughs> Nassar. One day you'll be able to, and it'll be fine. But at the moment, yeah. we'll go with Nassar. Well, I'll probably yeah. say it afterwards, but not unroll this. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, his One thing about him is his dad passed away a long, long time ago, mm -hmm. um, and Saudi society is very patriarchal. Patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. um, the dad is in charge. With his dad having passed away so long ago, when he was two years old, his mom became the boss. But because of the Saudi guardianship system, um, the oldest son then becomes the boss if his father is no longer around. So a lot of his mother's freedom depended on him from oh, the age wow. he was two okay. or three years old. Mm -hmm. So if his mother wants to go to the hospital, if his mother wants to do certain things, she's got to get his permission. So in a way, he had this thing going with his mom where you know, he, she, she's granted full freedom and he's granted freedom to do what he wants to do. Um, they never talked about being gay or anything uh, at all, but um, there was just this unspoken understanding, you know, I'll let you do what you want to do and you let me do what I want to do and you know, we'll just all get along. Um, but for the first few uh, months of our relationship, um, he was still in the university. Uh, he, it was his first year of college. Um, he used to come over and tell his mom, oh, I'm just going to be spending the night with my friends. We're going to be studying. And then... Uh, We've all, that's a classic <laughs> line. It's a good one. Door closed. <laughs> well, you I know, mean, Sultan really <laughs> likes studying. <laughs> it's, it's and for a long time, all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> studious. Right. Studious and then just, you know, man. a few days came into became, becoming like a week over at my place. And then, you know, mom would get pissed off and he's like, come back home for a while. But I remember there's something I was going to say about the separation of the sexes. Let's just go back to that. Um, <laughs> his brother just got married three years ago. And he's got uh, now two boys, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he just had another baby recently. He's never met his brother's wife. Oh. He's not allowed wow. to. He's never seen her. In fact, I don't think he even saw her at the wedding. 
Yeah, that's another thing. The weddings are separated. What? Yeah, the ah. weddings are separated. There's just sorry, how are the weddings separated? There's a, a like a, a convention room for the men, uh-huh. another one for the women. Um, so you don't actually so see the ceremony together. Yeah, mm. you don't see the woman's side. Right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's where, like, the, 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 I guess the father of the groom and the father of the bride, they mm-hmm. meet, you know. But you never meet the opposite sex. Mm. Wow. Uh, now, Saudi Arabia is also notoriously harsh on journalists as well. Uh, you were interrogated about your job, mm. uh, and they also used your relationship um, to sort of bribe you. Uh, I, I've, I've yeah. read about questions that you were asked that involved things like, how many bedrooms do you two have yeah. in the house? Yeah. And then how many beds are in the house, which you lied about the answer to, and then they yes. stormed the house? Is that correct? Well, no, we, you got no we never got sorry, stormed. Sorry, I don't want our listeners to miss your answers. Sorry. So if we could bring it oh, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I think it's really amazing what you're saying, and yeah. I want everyone to be able to hear um, it. Sorry. A few months prior um, to the actual interrogation, I was called to a prison on the outskirts of, uh, of Riyadh, the capital city. And that's, the sc- that's a scary prison. Um, that's where you hear all the political uh, arrests are. That's where all those people, other people uh, that have been victimized. The problem we had is that I was working as a, a TV producer with a bunch of major networks. Um, I was working with CNN, the BBC. Oh, wow, I can see the difference. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can actually hear myself now. So you worked on all TV. All right, so I'm so. just going <laughs> to... I mean, if it was a dick, it'd be much easier. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, f- <laughs> He's a feisty it. guest. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but every time we have a guest, yeah. we say, just imagine it's a penis. Yeah. And people yeah. get it in yeah. like two seconds. They're like, got it. <laughs> okay, remove <laughs> it, it in my mouth. mouth. <laughs> all right. So I was working with, uh, with all the, like, the major TV networks, like CNN and BBC and mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. And then uh, Canadian television came to Saudi and uh, they wanted to do a segment on all the changes and the you know, empowerment of women and all that. And I was like, all right, great, let's do it. So I, working in the government, I gave them a visa to, to come uh, for their producer and reporters. And then suddenly she started working on human rights issues, which is fine. I mean, that's what reporters do. I mean, she was doing her job. But I explained to her that, you know, if you start doing human rights interviews here in the kingdom, I guarantee you're being watched from the time you arrive yeah. at the airport mm-hmm. to the time you get back on your, fl- on your flight. So if you, be careful who you meet. Do not do any human, in, uh, human rights interviews here in Saudi Arabia because those people, I guarantee you, are going to get arrested. Well, she didn't listen to me. She went to another city. She went and uh, did some interviews with a couple of... Uh, we, they like to call them dissidents, but they're just outspoken people that want to difference in Saudi Arabia. So um, she did those interviews, and then I didn't know about it, and then she left the country. And then um, a few months later, this is about May or June of 2018, what she recorded aired. And then Saudi Arabia started doing an investigation about how did this happen? How did this woman come in, do these interviews inside the country? Who gave her the visa? Me. Um, at which point I was called into uh, a prison on the outskirts of, uh, of Riyadh. The secret police or the presidency of uh, state security, they called me on a Thursday. And they told me, um, come, we, we want to talk to you. And I'm like, well, what's this about? They're like, just come on Sunday, we want to talk to you. So um, I went on Sunday, um, I arrived at the prison, and uh, they started asking a bunch of questions. I'll, I'm going to skip a lot of details because no one, otherwise no one's going to get any dick tonight. 
Because <laughs> we'll just go on for hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I'll cut out a lot of the details. But what ended up happening is um, we got to a scary part of the interrogation, which was, tell us about your life. Um, who do you live with? I'm like, I live with my friend. And uh, he's like, uh, how long have you been living with your friend? I'm like, oh, on and off, 15, 16 years. Um, are you married? I'm like, no, I'm not married. Do you have any kids? No, I have no kids. Mm. Is your friend married? No, he's not married. And how, old, how old is he? It's like, well, now he's 36 and I'm 47. Um, hmm, interesting. You guys lived together for 15, 16 years. I'm like, yes. It's like, how many bedrooms do you have in your house? I said, like, well, we had a three-bedroom house. I said, three. I said, like, how many beds do you have in the house? Well, of course, we only had one bed. Um, I said, oh, no, we have three beds. He's like, look, it's obvious what's going on. Um, some you guys are having a secret relationship. And of course, I didn't comment. And he said, uh, you know, some secrets don't have to remain secrets. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? What do you mean? He's like, think, just think. Some secrets don't have to remain secrets. And at that point, I realized that, you know, it's like, well, what do you guys want? I mean, what do you guys want? They're like, we need you to stop working with foreign media. Um, I was getting blamed for a lot of the bad news that was coming out of Saudi Arabia. So um, they said, uh, stop working with foreign media, and, you know, and go on with your life. So um, they let me go at the end. I spent about four or four and a half hours there in that interrogation. Uh, my boyfriend was waiting outside in the parking lot for the whole time. Um, at the end, uh, they let me go. And it, I immediately stopped working with the foreign media. A few months go by, and then uh, I ended up getting stuck for money. I mean, I had to work. Foreign media and journalism was all that I knew in Saudi Arabia. I'd been doing it for a long time, uh, almost 10 years. So um, when uh, they decided that uh, I couldn't work with the foreign media anymore, they started screwing with me on my job as well, where uh, I lost my job. Um, ended up uh, kind of almost becoming pretty destitute. I ended up on depending on him all the time. Uh, which was Daddy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> role play. Happy Father's Day, <laughs> Daddy. Oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I I stayed working, not I not working for a few months, and then um, I started producing these uh, films for Vice documentaries. You know, they contracted me to do twelve films for them there. All great things about, you know, coffee and camels and you know the camel festival. Nothing to do with politics or human rights or anything at all. And we were great with that. But uh then uh, middle of August of two thousand nineteen suddenly we got uh uh his mom suddenly turned against me. Um she she started saying, I don't want you to see him. Uh you know, we got some information that your uh, relationship is not one that would please Allah um or God. And uh, she said that he should leave me alone and get away from me. And he refused. Um, he said, no, I'm not going to. Uh, at which point his mom got his brother involved. And his brother uh, called uh, last week of August. And he said, we need to stop seeing each other. Because now the tribe, his family is a tribe. I mean, they're huge. And they're very conservative people. So um, at that point, uh, his brother said, if you don't stop, seeing me, um, they're going to get uh, reporters to the authorities, um, or they're gonna, his family's going to try to kill me. We didn't take that too seriously either. I was like, mm, you know, let's see what happens. Well, on uh, September 5th, uh, I got a phone call from the Criminal Investigation Division of the Interior Ministry um, in, uh, in Saudi, and we were living in Riyadh at the time. Um, they called me on a Thursday, 
Um, and they said they wanted to see me on Sunday again. I was like, all right, we've been through this before. I can handle this, no problem. But then a couple of hours later, he gets a phone call. And he doesn't work for the foreign media. And he's also asked to come into the same police station uh, a couple of hours after me. So we, at that time, decided that his family had reported us. Um, if we showed up at that police station, they're going to separate us forcefully. Um, I don't know what they would do to me, maybe hand me over to his family um, for them to have their way with me. I mean, in their they mind, I've been decide. having my way with their son for 16 years. So, I mean... <laughs> Still getting the gags in. Yeah. <laughs> Still getting the gags in. I love it. So, um, we decided it's time to run. Um, we really, really, really had to just literally... We got the call on September 5th. That night, we started panicking. We had a discussion, like, do we break up? Do we separate? We each go our own way? Um, or do we make a run for it? And it was an easy decision. We make a run for it. <laughs> So leaving everything behind, um, I so mean... this is like family members, your career... Oh, yeah, everything. Your home country, you were fleeing. Yeah, everything. Everything, you, everything behind. Yeah. I'm sorry, I get emotional when I talk about this. Please, Please do. Has anybody got a tissue? Yeah. A oh. room full of gays, somebody's got to have a <laughs> tissue. Oh. No tissue? I give you my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so take, take a second, take a second, darling. That's it's fine. fine. Yeah. So, um... We had to make that decision overnight, and it was like, all right, what do we do? We have, well, one problem is that we had a 35-kilogram German Shepherd. Oh, um, <laughs> so, so that was our IC. It was a white German Shepherd. She's still there. Um, so we had to get the dog situated. We had to get all our papers quickly, our passports, his university degrees, um, everything. Just within 24 hours, we packed up the car. Uh, we, we wanted to drive. We couldn't fly because... If the government saw that we got on a flight to another city from the city they wanted to interrogate us on on Sunday, they'd be after us. Um, they'd ban us from traveling immediately. So uh, we packed up our stuff. We drove nine hours to, to Jeddah. We dropped off the dog at a good friend's place. Um, and then we booked the first flight we could out of, uh, out of Saudi, which was uh, to Cairo, a country where we don't need a visa. So uh, we, we flew to, to Egypt, Cairo. Uh, we stayed there for about a month and a half, applied for Canadian visas. They wouldn't give us uh, tourist visas to Canada simply because he didn't have much of a travel history in his new passport. So uh, then we were stuck in Cairo. And it's like, well, now what do we do? So um, we applied for Australia simply because he said, you know, Australia, they speak English, the weather is great. And he actually, <laughs> 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 he actually went to uh, an Australian film school, but they had a branch in Saudi. So we decided, okay, we're going to come to Australia. Keep in mind, we're fleeing from being falsely persecuted. We're fleeing from being separated. We're fleeing for our lives. And then uh, we got instant visas. Australia, if you want to know why all the Saudis are running to Australia, because Australia gives us all instant visas. So God bless you guys for that. But... But what they don't tell you is that if you arrive in Australia, even with a valid visa, which is what we had, we had tourist visas, yeah. and we wanted to apply for asylum, they're going to cancel your visas and make you illegal. And that's exactly what they did when we arrived in Sydney. We were about 20 yards away from, uh, from, the, uh, from Sydney, from the actual yeah. gate. 
Uh, I don't know. Have you guys seen Border Force? That TV show. Oh fuck okay. yes! I used to I used to yes. love that show. Yeah, I've seen that was a such a great show. show. Until you actually arrive in that situation and you're that you know the city you're the airport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, we they, they stopped us at customs. We went, we cleared immigration. We had our passports stamped. And then uh, we get to customs, and they pull us aside. And I was like, oh, how exciting. We're going to be on Border Force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Little did you know. Oh. Little did I know that they were going to cancel our visas, take us in for interrogation mm. separately, throw us in a holding cell, and then you had these huge guys, like rugby player size, wow. with tattoos. Bigger than Not AFL, you guys. by the way. <laughs> 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 Much no, bigger no. than AFL. Oh, we would have been lucky if it was you guys that came <laughs> and handcuffed us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would have done your face. Yeah. 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 No, th- we ended up getting handcuffed in a not a, fun, uh, not a fun way. Not a role-play uh, way? No, no, no definitely no, not in a role-playing way. There was no way. poppers either. Oh. So um, they had us like this. That's the hardest part <laughs> of the Barbaric story. conditions. <laughs> so next thing I know, they got us in this van, and they took us to this place mm. called the uh, Villawood Immigration Detention Center. Uh, Villawood, believe it or not, it's not a bad place. It seems like a college campus. I mean, when we saw a detention center and this was it, I mean, we would be happy to run into place there for a few days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, we were in initially we, because they put us in this unit called uh, the airport unit where they just, yeah. it's a 24 hour turnaround. So it's nice. It was like a little apartment. There's a little kitchenette and a TV and uh, like six rooms, but we were the only ones in that apartment. It was like, well, this isn't bad. Yeah. Did it have a Netflix account? Could you huh? get the circle? No, they took away our laptops, the bastards. Oh. So we didn't have Netflix oh. and we didn't have porn. Oh. No, Amal, no laptops. <laughs> so it's like, now what, what are we going to do? We're going to have to have sex after 16 years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And there's... there's <laughs> as long as it didn't have Stan I'm not on the laptops, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'd be forced to watch this thing that we have called Torture in Australia, which is called Please Like Me. Call <laughs> uh. <laughs> back. So, <laughs> so the place, the, the actually, the, the place itself is not bad, okay? But what makes it bad is that they take the asylum seekers and the refugees, um, like us, never committed a crime, at least not one that we've been caught for, never committed really a crime, never been in a horrible jail situation. Um, so we were like, kind of like jail virgins. And then suddenly... Everyone's a jail virgin at some point <laughs> in their lives. Yeah. But they don't leave that way. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas left the room. Have you been to jail? <laughs> he should. So, um, <laughs> this bracelet isn't for aesthetic purposes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, the actual facility is not bad, but what makes it bad is that they have people that have, uh, are foreign nationals that had visas in Australia. Um, they were allowed out into society, had committed some kind of, I've got to keep this in my face. They've committed some kind of crime that they've been sentenced to at least 12 months for uh, in Australian prison. So those guys are now out of prison. Some have served year, years, some have served 12 months for a variety of different crimes from drug dealing to rape to murder. I mean, we're in there with murderers. So those people are all mixed in with the, uh, with the asylum seekers and the refugees. And for us to be in that, soci- in, in that atmosphere was quite intimidating. Um, I mean, uh, just from the first day, I had this a big Samoan guy. He said, I'm going to kill you. 
just because I was assigned to be in the same room as him. They didn't assign us to the same room initially, at least not until they found out we were journalists, and then everything changed. And for us, a couple of Saudi guys just arriving in Australia was like mm. horrific. It was it was scary. Um, crystal meth. There's so much crystal meth and ice yeah. in Australian detention. You, reading your stories, this blows my mind. Yeah, like in these detention centres that we, you know, Australia, right wing Australia is like we've got to be so careful that we've got to p- keep people in these awful places that have, mm. you know, that sometimes are on islands or have um, fencing all around them with, a, what's yeah. it called, the barbed wire and yeah, all that yeah. shit around it. Oh, yeah. And so we've got to be so careful to keep these people. But obviously there's guards and, and whoever yeah. bringing shit into into these centres to... <laughs> there are. <laughs> you probably can't say who is doing it, but... You, uh, well, I mean, I can't remember the names of the guards, but I remember there was... Uh, I, I remember he had a hospital visit and uh, he went to the hospital for something and uh, he had two guards that were with him in the elevator. And one of the guards opened up his bag to get something out of it. And just the smell of great cannabis just came out of that bag. He was telling me. I mean, it must have been good stuff. But, um, yeah, it, the guards are getting it in. But also, the other way that it gets in, Australia are very particular about their path search laws. So um, they can't really touch you down here. Um, and they can't really do anything there. So um, visitors coming to the detention centers did actually put the drugs there. And you actually put a lot of drugs in there, apparently. He's referring to his crotch for the people listening at home. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Tips in your segment. <laughs> now, speaking of the guards, uh, at some point, one of the guards said yeah. to you that in the nine years that he'd worked there, yeah. he'd never had a gay couple before. Yeah. Mm. Well, Did the first that make you feel more comfortable or less comfortable? Or? Well, when he told me that, by that stage, I'd been on the project a couple of times. Um, it, we, our case had already been in the media. Yeah. Um, a lot. So by the time he told me that, we had a 24-hour guards on us, with us. Because mm. I did something stupid in the beginning. Um, when I first started doing the, the, the media interviews, all by phone, uh, not in person, I started talking about the drugs that were in Villawood. And of course, that upset the drug dealers, that upset yeah. a lot of the guards. And I was stupid. I mean, it's like, look, I'd yeah. never been to prison before. So it was just apparently you're not supposed to be talking about those things especially rookie when mistake. you're in, yeah. in prison <laughs> rookie prison mistake yeah rookie prison mistake so um they actually ended up having guards on us 24 hours so anytime we would meet uh, we would walk around there'd be somebody three meters away from us every night they would walk into our door open the door check that you know we're okay which is kind of a pain in the ass if you're trying to have sex in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You got a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was really fucking awful. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut, th- we'll cut that That was out. a Carson Kresley joke right <laughs> there. <laughs> Fight. Oh, oh. <laughs> they didn't like that. Uh, so it did, wasn't too bad. Did you find that being a journalist and having that experience, uh, it helped... You sort of get on the project and get some visibility. Because it sounds hectic. Oh, absolutely. Like fully hectic that you were in there. Um, The Villawood Detention Center, one thing about it, when you mix up refugees and asylum seekers, eventually those refugees and asylum seekers are going to end up getting bridging visas and let out into society. But some bridging visas that they get do not allow them to work. Now, in there, if you make friends in Villawood, you're making friends with Mm -hmm. drug dealers. You're making friends with people that have had violent crime. You might start using drugs if you get desperate enough. So you're getting people that are pretty clean cut, never had a prison experience, never really used drugs, put them in a desperate situation. Many people end up using drugs or at least making the connections that once you're outside, if you're not able to work, you're going to be getting in touch with somebody at Villawood. Hey, I can't get a job. What can I do? Well, hey, start selling crystal meth. 
you know, and this is a bad thing. So you shouldn't mix refugees and asylum seekers, people who are freshly arriving here with other people that mm. are crystal meth dealers. Survival yeah. work. Yeah. Exactly. You know, people and will do survival work. So to get to the journalism, yes, I mean, I've got numerous influential media personalities that I've worked with in Saudi Arabia. Um, I didn't want to be in the media. I didn't. I never imagined I'd be sitting up here in front of everybody and talking. We just <laughs> wanted to run away from Saudi Arabia, maybe not even be known where we are, even not even the country, and just do it quietly and just blend into society, change our names, and you know, just let it be. But um, after spending about thirty days in in Villawood, we'd had enough, and we said, "All right, now is the time to actually start," you know, asking for help. So uh, we were able to, through our lawyer, Allison Battison, if anybody here is a refugee or asylum seeker. All right, somebody knows Allison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Allison. Uh, Allison Battison is just, she was amazing in human rights for all. I mean, take, took on our case immediately. And um, they were just, uh, the whole team was just amazing. Really, we'd still be in Villawood if it wasn't for them. So definitely the journalism helped a lot. Um, we had, we were written about in the New York Times, we were in Time Magazine, Sydney Morning Herald, yeah, everybody. I was on the project twice without my face and then one time I showed my face because I promised them I would if they helped us and they did, so I showed my face. Um, but if it wasn't for all the media attention we got, we would not be out now. If it wasn't for Allison Battison, we wouldn't be out now. Um, so just keep something in mind. Not everybody that arrives in Australia speaks English like this. Some uh. don't speak any English. I have media friends that were able to get me in touch with Allison. Um, Allison took on our case immediately. But a lot of people don't have Allison. A lot of people don't have media friends. A lot of people don't speak English. And those guys are lost within your immigration system. There are guys that have been there. There's one guy, he arrived in Australia when he was 20 years old, heading to New Zealand with a stopover in Melbourne. He got stopped in Melbourne. He's been in detention for 10 years. Yes. Imagine your 20s, your I whole 20s. My He's still in immigration until now. He's still in detention. His entire 20s were spent in Villawood. Mm, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So definitely the fact that we were journalists gave us protection from the beginning. The guards were very careful how they handled us. Yeah. Um, we were very well taken care of as far as security-wise um, after we let it be known that we were um, journalists. Another difference that made, um, I can't imagine we'd be talking about this right now, but um, I'll talk about it really quick, is that when we came from Saudi Arabia, we didn't know that we had tuberculosis, TB. Um, I had been covering the Hajj, uh, covering the Hajj pilgrimage, which brings about three million people into a seven square kilometer area. So there's a lot of people from third world countries, from all over the world, ended up catching TB. So I ended up staying in the hospital for about uh, 47 days until it was no longer infectious. We were put into the hospital yeah. bed, which was four th six thousand dollars a day, was it? Four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. Pretty a day. much what it cost. And you were in that Jeez. hospital bed for how long? Forty-seven days. For forty-seven Jeez. days. 47. And you had the, the the whiteboard above your bed where you were keeping track of how much. You read a lot. I have read a lot. Yeah. lot yeah. Yes. Um, no, yeah. but it was it was it was quite a strike. That image, I think, was quite a striking mm. thing. Of here is someone that clearly does not do need to be held in detention. This is just someone yeah. who's escaping persecution, and he Here's the tally that they've kept above their bed of how much mm. the taxpayer well, is paying. And it's a really good point. Why the fuck? You know, this I mean government's supposed to be so good with money. Okay, when I was in the hospital for 40... Uh, my partner was in the hospital for 17 days. I was in the mm. hospital for 47 days. Because it was Liverpool Hospital, I had three guards outside my door to make sure I didn't escape, mm -hmm. and three guards outside his door. There were more p guards in that ward than there were nurses. 
and they were Whoa. actually getting in the nurses' ways. Now, when you tally up four thousand dollars a night for a bed, and it's two beds, yeah. not one, it was two. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's eight thousand dollars a day, and then there's the guards and the medication and the nurses and the transportation and all that. It was just so much, but. Um, the doctors were really, really very, very kind to us at Liverpool Hospital because his TB ended after 17 days. Uh, mine was a lot more severe. Um, the doctors actually let him stay an extra six days in the hospital unnecessarily wow. just because they didn't want to separate us, which was just amazing. Um, so I'm very grateful to that. But eventually he had to go, and I was mm -hmm. stuck in that hospital for 30 days. And I'm really grateful to Australia and the Australian people and the Australian government for actually helping cure us of this because it could have killed us eventually, yeah. probably within five years. Um, but you got to keep something in mind. And part of the reason I put up that board above my bed, yeah. that tally of how much it was costing, was because being in a hospital sucks, okay? Especially when you're, I wasn't, especially when you're not bedridden. I mean, I was healthy. I didn't have any of the signs or symptoms of TB or anything like that, or none of it. Um, and when you're in a hospital, but you've got three guards outside your room, and you're not allowed out of that room for 30 days, um, it wasn't any kind of like health uh, concern or anything. It was just the guards and the ABF not wanting to let me out of the room. He wasn't allowed to come and visit until I appeared on the project, um, until the project got involved. At which point, uh, they started to allow him to come and visit me in the hospital uh, three times a week. There are people who have relatives, children, who die while they're in custody, and they don't let them out to go visit or go to the funeral. But because of the media attention and also the gays, uh, I mean, the, the gay community was so instrumental in getting us out. All the attention that was uh, thrust. It was, it was everywhere on social media. Right? Well, everywhere, I mean, yeah. all the support that we got put pressure on the government to let my partner come and visit me three times a week. Um, I started being allowed out of that hospital room I was in for an hour a day. Um, they were letting me go out in the garden, under guard still. But I mean, look, now that it's that, that shitty part of that god-awful journey is, is over, I mean, I started a full-time job on Monday. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, I'm very happy about that's that. That's so good. So, uh, I, I fucking hate to be this person, but I, we have to cut you off. I said, no, I, I, yeah. I told you guys. <laughs> but I think what we need to do, and we were talking about this earlier, mm. we, we, we need to come up and we'll probably do a full episode with you. Cause I yeah, think there's a lot absolutely. It'd be to. amazing, please. There's a lot more to talk about. Uh, there's also, there's also, there's, a, there's so much we haven't covered in, mm -hmm. in, in your story. There's some wonderful stuff online if you want to have a little bit more of a read, but I do think we need to have like a proper, just full episode. Yeah. Even yeah. without us, just you. I yeah, think yeah. we'd be, <laughs> <laughs> be quite <laughs> No. The I other thing. Thank you. The other thing uh, that I, I, I really want to say to you, uh, Sultan, d d d this is your first Mardi Gras tomorrow. Well, the, the, the parade will be your first Mardi Gras. And this is a festival that is about love. This is a festival that yes. is entirely about everybody loving the person that they love. And I don't think I've ever heard a story that is more about love than you two. I mean, you could have yeah. gotten rid of each other and just lived a, a closeted life and you two have been through so much fucking shit together. We have, we have. I want you... I want you to know, I know you've got, 
I know you have. Uh, you still have s- contact with certain people back home, but not a lot of people you've had to cut contact with. The, the, every single person on Oxford Street tomorrow night is your logical family now and loves you, and you are part of this Sydney gay fucking Thank family. Thank you. Oh, wow. Now, the ugly cry is coming. <laughs> you are. Thank you. You know, that means so much because we did have to leave our families overnight. And uh, just to be adopted by this whole bunch is just so amazing. Thank you. Everyone, please thank Sultan for being here tonight. Thank you so much. I think that's it. That's it. I think that's it. (laughs) Thank you, Mikey. Welcome back, Mikey. Oh, isn't that lovely? Thank you. Oh, that's so cute. Thank you, guys. uh, (laughs) Well, thank you, everybody, so much for coming tonight. And thank you so much for your ongoing support. It really does mean a lot to all of us. Thank you to our patrons. Um, If you want to support our live shows, you can sign up at patreon.com. Gays Revolting Pod. Yes. Patreon.com slash Gays Revolting Pod. (laughs) Yes. And if you go to the parade tomorrow, have a fucking amazing Mardi Gras, everyone. Be safe. Be safe. Look out for friends. Have a good fucking time. And And thank um, you so much. Hopefully, uh, we'll still be doing this next year, so we'll see you all next year, yeah? Yeah. They're playing Charlie. Let's get fucked up. Bye. 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 (laughs) They're playing Charlie XEX. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.